Wake up, let's talk sports. And man, is there ever some sports to talk about this Saturday morning. I'm Ashton here with Tony. He's in the beautiful, sunny Galveston, Texas. I guess it's not yeah, sunny it's there not yet. Sunny. It's not sunny here yet. It's yeah, man, cloudy. we were doing our shows and it was light. Yeah, it was light yeah. when uh, we started doing our shows, but Daylight Saving Times just kind of screwed that up. Yeah. Um, so like I said, I'm Ashton here with Tony, getting ready, getting you ready for your Saturday. So grab your coffee, your energy drink, and let's talk sports. It's March Madness, and I don't know of any year that the madness has really stuck than this year. Um, what is what is your bracket looking like? It, it, have you even ripped it up yet? My bracket's toast. Uh, I still have my final four teams, but there's I, I'm completely uh, there's there's all these upsets, man. They've they've wrecked my bracket. I didn't expect the, these upsets. And we we know there's always going to be some upset. Uh, there's I think statistically there's always a twelve that beats a five. Uh, this is the third straight year that a 15 has beaten a two. Uh, just the second time ever, a 16 has beaten a one, which we'll we'll start off with here in a minute. Um, I don't know what technically considers a bracket busted, but I know uh, in my uh, my group of people that we do our brackets and throw some money in that I still have all my elite eight teams. I didn't even realize that I knew I had my final four teams, but I just checked this morning. All my elite eight teams are still good which it's only the first round. That's, that's ridiculous. I'd have to be excited about that. And I'm kind of middle of the road with points, but a lot of people above me had Arizona winning it all um, or in the final four, they had Purdue in the finals. So there's a lot of ground to make up for me there. If, if my uh, lead eight final four teams do well, uh, yeah. but like I said, let's just jump right in it. Uh, the number one seed losing to a 16. It's just the second time that's ever happened. Fairly Dickinson. Um, I have to admit, I think I've heard of them once before. If you had asked me just nonchalantly about Fairly Dickinson, I may not be able to tell you it was a school. Uh, but yeah. Fairly Dickinson University beats Purdue. Uh, they had four wins last season. Four wins, and and the they're the Knights. The Knights come into this tournament. Um, they had to, they had to play in a playing game. They had to play in a playing game to even get into the bracket, and it's to, to even it's, face Purdue. So, you know, who would have thought? It's hard. That I, I mean, not much you can. There's not much you can say about it because I don't know that much about the team. Um, I was yeah. struggling to 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 do some research because that was something we did. I didn't even really pay that much attention to the game till halftime when it was. I think they were winning at halftime, or it was really close. Uh, yeah. I remember the coach in an interview said now he has to go do a bunch of uh, research on the uh, Memphis. Who are they playing? Memphis and who did Memphis just lose to? Florida Atlantic. Because he didn't expect them to win either. Up until right before I know you shared a video, he, he said, the more I watch Purdue, the more I think we can beat them. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, he said, admittedly, I haven't done any research on any of the other teams ahead. I was just yeah. focused on this game. Which was great. He used to watch you right to. after. I think, I think that's the key to March Madness and, and getting through this bracket is you just have to take this thing one game at a time. You can't think too far ahead because it's almost impossible to predict how what the outcome is going to be at all the, the other brackets. 
Yeah. And, and in the professional ranks, I know they pay people to do that. Um, you know, when you have your uh, third string quarter, quarterback or maybe your prep team quarterback, whatever you want to call it, they always study who the next opponent is a week ahead so they can kind of mimic them for the defense to go against. Yeah. Um, it, by college, you can only, you know, the only people getting played uh, paid to the coaches and, and some of the good players with the NIL deals. Um, you have to focus on that. And I'm sure he had some assistant coach or grad student or something kind of looking ahead and watching just to say, Hey, here's, here's what you need to focus on or something like that. But they have a, they had last night to watch the Memphis FAU game, which was a great game. We'll, we'll talk about, uh, and have today to, to prepare for them. Uh, usually when we talk March madness, the the madness factor of it is Cinderella teams is upsets, which we had plenty of those worries there. But just the way some of these games are ending, uh, buzzer beaters. Uh, we we'll talk this game later. TCU, uh, Arizona State. There were a lot of missed free throws and turnovers, and not like bad crappy play. It was just really good defensive play, uh, offensive fouls. It's just kind of weird ways some of these games have ended. And we'll talk uh, talk about that Virginia Furman game and how that one ended. Uh, Furman yeah. down by two points. Virginia has the ball, less than ten yeah, seconds to go. Close it out, yeah. And and Furman's coach to just box him out, get him, trap him before you try to steal or before you try to foul. Just see what you can yeah. do. And for some reason, uh, I, I know I'm butchering his first name, Kai Clark. Uh, I apologize if I don't say that, but uh, Kai uh, Clark from Virginia with a timeout decides uh, he's trapped in the backcourt in the corner and he just throws it past half court, which given two set, two, three seconds left, maybe that's not a bad play. Just throw the ball up, yeah. let, the, let the clock run out. Yeah. Uh, but instead of calling a timeout, he throws it, heaves it up court, a terrible pass uh, stolen by Furman and then re-speak, uh, Reese Beekman hits a game-winning three with a couple of seconds left, and then Virginia has to attempt a half-court shot, and it, it was wasn't far from going in there. Uh, but that was really the first upset of the tournament. Early, I think that was the second second or third game of the tournament. Yeah, and to be so clutch, that's what what really set that one off. That it was a clutch win. And Virginia, uh, no stranger to being upset in the tournament. They, of course, were the the team who lost to the the number first very the very first number one seed to lose to a sixteen team, a sixteen seed team back. I think it was two thousand eight. Oddly enough, winning the championship the very next year. Uh, I thought this was a good game. I this is the one that I thought was going to be an upset. Not not that I predicted it to be an upset. I'm just saying later in the game, uh, Kennesaw State and Xavier. Uh, Kennesaw State had that game, and they kind of just, let's say they threw it away. They didn't play bad, but I think Xavier's, uh, they're the, obviously the more talented team. They were a three seed against 14 seed Kennesaw State. Uh, I think they finally just got it together and closed that game out. That was, that was a close game, and uh, that was going on at the same time or around the same time as uh, – the Gonzaga game, Gonzaga, Grand Canyon University, yeah. um, along with the Purdue game. And 
I thought, I was like, well, Kennesaw State, I think that one's going to be the upset. The other ones, I think they'll Gonzaga figure it out. I think Purdue will figure it out. This is the one Xavier was able to figure it out. And, you know, uh, and talking about another playing team, uh, the Pitt Panthers, Pittsburgh, they beat Iowa State. Uh, and that really wasn't that close of a game. In fact, they had a 20-2 to lead over Iowa State. Iowa State had, I think they they didn't have a field goal in the first 10 minutes of the game. I think, I'm trying to remember, I think those two points were free throws. So they had two points in the first 10 minutes of the game. It was 20 to two. Uh, and, and that game was never close. Pitt, uh, of course, a play-in team come in, upset Iowa State, uh, and they're on to the next round. And, and I think uh, one game that a lot of people had as one of their upsets was Iona over UConn, uh, just because of Rick Pitino. Uh, UConn hadn't been what they were for a while. Rick Pitino, of course, the coach of the, uh, of Iona. And it it did look like it was going to be an upset because uh, it was a back-and-forth game, but Iona seemed to be up most of the game, up until the end. Uh, so UConn's able to hold off Iona. And Dan Hurley, the coach of UConn, since 2018, finally gets his first tournament win. Big monkey off his back, of course. UConn, a great uh college basketball school for uh, both men and women's uh and, and i just had to put a side note there i'm glad uconn's back in the big east i know when uh, back when is mostly uh, football but they were conference realignment i know tcu was temporarily going to go to the big east or for there for a little bit before they went to the big 12 and uconn had uh jump ship from the Big East because it, they thought it was just going to get decimated, which in football it did. And they moved to the AAC. Uh, I think it was Conference USA at the time. Oh. The, no, the AAC. They jumped like they were in <clears throat> SMU. I think it was when uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, mostly football. Yeah, the American Athletic Conference. It was kind of the Conference USA, which I, I realize there's still a Conference USA, but all the Conference USA teams merged with the Big East teams. For foot, the ones that had football teams, and yeah. kind of what started the AAC, and then the Conference USA just just moved up some other teams. Because I remember uh, UConn was going to Dallas every year to play SMU. Uh, I wish Syracuse would move back, back to the Big East. I just think that's weird them being yeah. in the ACC. But yeah. I didn't even know it till till this year. Someone was talking like I don't think they're in the Big East anymore. But UConn had moved back to the Big East. Yeah. Um. Kentucky, Kentucky wins over Providence. The score doesn't look all that ridiculous. 61-53, Kentucky's not back to their dominance as they once were. I think they're on their way back, but they're not back there yet. But I thought Providence could have pulled off that upset. It was a very close game up until the end when Kentucky kind of pulled away. But still, it was was just an eight-point game. Eight points is nothing. That's a couple of possessions. You know, I mean, not literally a couple of possessions, but uh, you, you you see the way things turn around. And I mean, uh, we'll we'll talk about it later. TCU was down eight points with about four minutes to go, and they came back uh, and yeah. won. And in fact, it, it wasn't didn't seem like a big comeback because with about two minutes to go, it was almost tied. So they had yeah. jumped back into that game uh, very quickly. And 
I do have to admit, I didn't, I didn't, I had no clue that Grand Canyon University was a real school. I mean, not a real school, but I thought they were an online school. I, I, I've heard, I've heard of them. I've heard their commercials. School, yeah. yeah, they do yeah. have an online school, of course. I, I didn't mean that. I'm an online school, so uh, online college. So I, I meant no disrespect to those at all. Not calling it a real college. I just meant with an athletic program, and uh, they took on Gonzaga, and, and I watched them at Grand Canyon University. I didn't know they had, uh, they had a basketball team. Yeah, and man, do they have a basketball team? They took they took Gonzaga to its limit. And tell me this, how long has Drew Timmy been in college basketball? It seems like he's played for Gonzaga since 2014. Yeah. He's, he's got to be done, right? This was his senior year or I don't know, maybe fifth year senior. It just seems like he's played forever. And he's one of those guys either love him or you can't stand him. Um, And unfortunately, I say unfortunately because I would like to love him. I would like to to like to be on the big Gonzaga bandwagon, but I, I I just find them very annoying, and I find Drew Timmy no no offense if if his family or friends hear this, uh, I just find highly annoying. But yeah, uh, I'm just not on the bandwagon. I, I'd like to to do it. Be like the uh, Garden Gardner Minshew type, yeah. Train, you know. Um, is he an NBA prospect? Is he going to play in the NBA? Surely no, he's he's famous he, enough that somebody's going to give him a shot. Yeah, I, mean, he could be a I, I don't know guy, if he's. I, a, I haven't done my NBA draft yet. I don't know if he's a a league guy or not. You know, I think he could be could be a, a prospect a team would pick up though in the G League. See how he develops at that level. I mean, he's been the best player on Gonzaga for the last few years, and Gonzaga has competed. So I would think by default he'd kind of be up there to. Uh, at least be in the mix in the NBA draft. But uh, yeah, GCU took Gonzaga up until maybe halfway through the second half. They had them up on the ropes, and then Gonzaga pulled away. Uh, I didn't write down the final score. But last time I looked, they were they were up by 15 or 20 points. So Gonzaga yeah. takes care of GCU to avoid that upset. That was a 14-3 uh, matchup, matchup, I believe. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, um, and like I and like I said uh, earlier about everybody likes a Cinderella team, but when your second round is, let me make sure I get this right. When your second round is fairly Dickinson, then uh, Florida Atlantic, Florida Atlantic seed. It's not like yeah, that was a huge upset, but you want these Cinderella teams to play Kentucky. Duke, uh, yeah. I was going to say Ohio State, but they, they weren't even in the tournament. But big schools like that, now you get that matchup. You're kind of like, uh, it's good to have a bunch of upsets, but then you start getting uh, some of these matchups that were not uh, necessarily uh, the, wanting the to see. The Florida Atlantic matchup next round. Yeah. Or, yeah, that's... Uh, yeah, and, and just like this next one, Princeton upsets Arizona, and I know Princeton a few years ago was kind of known as the giant slayer because they had had a yeah. couple of upsets. Uh, they're playing Missouri. So is it today? Yeah, they're playing Missouri today. Uh, that That's an okay matchup, I guess. I uh, I don't look at Missouri as uh, anywhere near a powerhouse school, but 
uh, they're at least a power five conference school. So uh, if Princeton's able to win, you know, obviously that's a good Cinderella story. And don't get me wrong, uh, nothing against Florida Atlantic. They have a good basketball team this year. So clearly a fairly Dickinson win would be a big up get. Uh, yeah. Which Florida Atlantic's not traditionally looked at as, as one of the better basketball schools. Yeah, they, and one of the games that I had turned off at halftime. Fifty is still gonna have. Fifty is still gonna have a, a tougher ahead of them. I mean, if they were to yeah get past Florida Atlantic, uh, what they're looking at possibly a Duke matchup. You know, that's that is that's why that that's why I like that upset because I had Purdue losing yeah. to do the Sweet Sixteen anyway. Yeah, uh, and I know a lot of people in my grouping had Purdue in a four and one head of in the championship. So uh, it doesn't necessarily, it's not necessarily advantageous to me now, but those points that they're not getting later on uh, will matter if my teams keep winning. So that's, I thought that uh, was a great one, but yeah, of course being a 16, uh, they're going to be underdogs at every matchup and, and huge underdogs. It's not like they're just a, a team that normally plays, pretty well uh and just had a bad year no they've uh i don't know i assume that they've won a tournament game before because i didn't hear that it was their first ever win but clearly they've uh, they're in for a long road ahead there there's there's they a, are uh, i feel like there's a blowout coming up at some point yeah they don't have anything What's to that? lose yeah, they're playing with house money now. They, they've already made history. You know, what What else do they have to prove this year? Now, you can't argue that Purdue hadn't been their best to finish the season either. You know, I, I watched a little bit of Purdue's uh, last handful of games, and, and they just didn't seem to me like that dominant team. But mm-hmm. I, I still picked them because I just I didn't know anything about well, FDU, you know, I didn't know who they were. You know, I had never heard of them before this. Um, and speaking of Purdue's, look at their last three exits in the NCAA yeah. tournament. They haven't all been uh, first-round losses. They lost to a 13 seed, a 15 seed, and now a 16 seed all in consecutive seasons. Yeah. Fun tidbit. I mean, I guess not if you're a Purdue fan. That's not a fun tidbit, but that's that's pretty interesting. They're one. They're those teams, for whatever reason, are prone to those sort of upsets. Yeah. And we talked about Princeton uh, upsetting Arizona. That was a big one because I didn't have Arizona going very far. I thought I had them in the Elite Eight, but apparently not because I looked this morning and I have all my Elite Eight teams. But uh, I guess I had them in the Sweet Sixteen. Uh, so. I know out of selfish reasons, I like that. Uh, I have a close of a close family friend who went to so went to Princeton, so that was kind of funny. He was messaging me a bunch. Uh, I think they're in they're close. I don't know where they would play Duke at. I think it would probably be the Elite Eight if they made it that far, because I know that he was talking about uh, them, them playing Duke. I'm like, yeah, that'd be kind of fun. To, a Princeton Duke match that'd be far down the road. Uh, uh, one actually, game that I had turned off at—that'd nah, be in the final four. 
Final Four. Yeah, I don't have the bracket in front of me. I just have my notes. That's probably something yeah. I should have done knowing we were talking about that. Princeton's in the south. Duke's in the east. So Princeton okay. would have to make it all the way to the Final Four, and they could have a, a Duke matchup there in the Final Four. And, and like I said, Princeton's one of those that in the past has upset some teams, so I don't think that would be yeah. ideally people's uh, Cinderella story team. Um, team that most people haven't heard of. Of course, everyone's heard of Princeton for obvious other reasons. But I think, you know, a fair Dickinson would be fun to be, be kind of like the George Washington, although George Washington kind of uh, won there for a couple of years. Uh, at one point, Gonzaga was that Cinderella team, but they just continued to win. Xavier was yeah. in that road. Uh, Wichita nice. State. So Wichita State for a couple of years was a Cinderella yeah, Cinderella team. Yeah. Um, that put together a few good seasons in a row, a few good tournaments. Uh, Tennessee beat Louisiana 58-55. I had to admit, I turned that game off about halftime. Or not turned it off, but I was switching between a bunch of games and just didn't get back to it. It looked like Tennessee had that one. Um, clearly uh, not. Because most of these games, like we're talking about March Madness, there were a lot of ep- upsets, but most of these teams took care of what they were supposed to take care of. We talked about Kentucky doing it, um, UConn doing it, but it was in dramatic fashion. And clearly Tennessee favored in that matchup. They're going to play Duke the next round. Um, yeah. Duke, I don't – I'm trying to remember watching that. Game. It was never really that close. I know they uh, they kind of made it close. It was like – I mean – in one of those two or what are they four seed four four thirteen matchups. I know ten points For later Duke. in the game does kinda oh, you're talking about does, does kinda seem close. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the they ended up taking matchup. care of it. It wasn't even yeah, it wasn't even that close. Um, but you know when you have those big upsets, if the team if the underdog is like within ten points, yeah. uh, you're always kinda worried. Texas was the same way. Uh, they ended up taking care of business, but uh, it seemed that they were just letting them hang around a little too long. Yeah. Now, yeah, that was a matchup. To, that Texas uh, should have blown them out. Yeah, and the, and there were a few blowouts, just not as many as you normally see. Uh, I know yeah. Kansas, Alabama; those were those are blowouts, but for some reason, it just felt like. Uh, the in those the underdogs in those respective games were hanging around a little too long. Uh, one of those you know, was Houston. I think, Houston. I think that's to, just to bounce off of that point. I think with the transfer portal, that's that's why you're going to see a lot of these other teams be more competitive. And I think we're going to continue to see this as kids aren't going to get stuck in these big universities that you know, tatted them around and brought them in and put them on scholarship and then they sit the bench. They'll sit the bench for one year and then they're going to transfer out and go somewhere they can play, which is going to help to build these mid to low level schools and and make them competitors. And you're seeing that this year, you know, we're a couple years into the transfer portal and then the NIL deals now. And I think this is something to continue to watch too, is how does that continue to shape college sports? But for sure, what we're already seeing is college basketball. Yeah, I mean, really a side note, not to get off this topic. I mean, recruiting in, in all college sports now yeah. has not only become 
going to high, uh, recruiting high school kids. It's record, recruiting the transfer portal, which a lot yeah. of small schools are benef- benef- benefiting from, like you said, but also recruiting your own players that you still, yeah. um, you're not stuck there, or at least in most recent memory stuck where you can transfer, but you're going to sit a year depending on the situation. Yeah. So now you're, Anybody can just have, you know jump jump ship go to free agency. Basically, it's free agency because you know they can offer you different nil deals deals. Yeah, um, and I think you're right. It's get somebody who goes to uh, Big Ten schools, AAC school, ACC schools, and now Big Twelve schools because Big Twelve seems uh, like more of a basketball conference than it ever has been. Uh, of course, all these players are rock stars in high school. They think they can go play anywhere. They're recruited uh, by Duke or Kentucky, and they think, you know, they're, they're one of the best kids in the country. And then they go to these schools and they have to sit. You know, some some kids are going to stay, um, work their way up. But some of these kids have NBA aspirations. They think they're going to go play in the NBA, uh, and they want to get there as soon as possible. So they're going to go transfer somewhere where they can make a big difference sooner. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Houston survives against Northern Kentucky. Um, not really a close game in the end, uh, but I know a lot of people, as myself, has Houston winning it all. Uh, Marcus Sasser is, is continuing to suffer from a groin injury that yeah. uh, had me thinking I might not want him to be a champion. I had that in mind when I was filling out my bracket, but as I do, I, I just you know, go one matchup at a time and who do I think is going to win? And, and it ended up being them. I, I just think they're going to beat. I have them in Alabama in the finals. And when I got to the finals, they, uh, thinking they are going to beat Alabama. Uh, yeah, also the, the Houston's, Houston's road to the final four, to me, my opinion just isn't too tough. I don't see a team that's going to get And that's why I had that. Up. I don't see any, anyone, um, that's really going to stand in their way. Um, now I've got them matching up against, I had them matching up against UCLA in the final four. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I, I, I don't know. I, to me, I mean, Alabama has been a very dominant team this year, but I really think Houston, you know, and then well, we're going to keep an eye on this because the, the, his health could be the determining factor, whether these, these guys can push through and, and make it all the way and, and, and pull and out Jamal Sheed. I had, them, I had them winning the whole thing as well. Yeah, and Jamal Sheed uh, for Houston's dealing with a knee injury. So neither of them have been ruled out of anything at this point, but it's something to look at. And, I mean, obviously nobody can change their brackets now. Um, as of one day in, as of yesterday morning going into the second day of the first round, there was 0.003% of brackets still still perfect uh, after Alabama, um, after Texas A&M's loss, which we're about to get to. And, of course, as soon as, um, as, soon as Fairleigh Dickinson won, which I actually knew somebody who had them, who picked them to win, but, of course, they, they didn't have a perfect bracket at that point. Uh, yeah. But as soon as Fairleigh Dickinson won, there were zero perfect brackets at least submitted. I know somebody's going to take a picture and say, Hey, my son has still has a, you know, um, we still have some blank brackets printed out. I could just fill them, fill them out if I wanted to do whatever I want, but 
don't don't believe anybody who says they sold a perfect bracket. It's it's not yeah, true. Yeah, the odds are in their favor. <laughs> so uh, I know this one. I mean, this is your team. Uh, this one hits hits hard, man. Hit Penn State, Texas A and M, which isn't a huge upset. I mean, when you get to the what's that seven a, a seven ten matchup, seven, yeah. seven tens, nines, eights, even six and elevens aren't. You know, you're just kind of. When you're putting 68 teams in a tournament, it's hard to to really say this team's better than this team. I would want that to at least be more of a competitive game. Yeah. The problem with I was holding out for a Texas-Texas A&M matchup in the second round. Yeah. That's what I I was too. But what Texas A&M made the mistake of getting away, and they did the same thing when they faced Alabama in the SEC championship game. They completely went away from playing great defense, playing small ball, and, you know, or I'm so big ball, I mean, just getting down and banging with guys in the paint and just really trying to uh, just demolish them, you know. They were getting into these three-point shootouts with them, and that's not them. They completely yeah. went away from what had gotten them to this point for them to uh, upset Alabama earlier in the season. And they, they, they tried to get into a three-point shooting contest with what I believe is the top – rated three-point shooting team in the country in Penn State. Yeah. Penn State hit 13 three-pointers in that first round beat down. I mean, you know, it was they beat my Aggies 76 to 59. You know, it wasn't even it wasn't even a competitive game. It, it seems like it was closer than that. I feel like Penn State jumped up early, very mm-hmm. early. And AM would kind of get back into it a little bit, make it with you know like an eight or nine point game and then Penn State would make another one. Uh, but you you have to remember it, it's hard for it's it's not the NBA. These kids are 18, 19, 20, 21. Some some of the transfer portal playing their sixth year in college, not AM in particular, but some yeah. guys are older. But coaching matters more in mm-hmm. college ranks than it does in the NBA because NBA you have guys who superstars that are superstars in high school yeah. and college, they know the game. Um that's why you see late, it was kind of frustrating because, you know, I'm watching these games and I have to keep them going, especially close games. But those last couple of minutes always take forever because that's when they save their timeouts because they're not, they might be drawing up plays, but they're saying, hey guys, hold hold your timeout, do this. In a situation, do that. Don't foul or do foul. Try to steal the ball. They're giving them so much because these players, um, the stage can get too big for some of them. I mean, they yeah. every team at this point has one, maybe two superstars. But there are a lot of players on that team that they're not making the NBA. Yeah, they're they're great guys. college players. Uh, they're and role guys. And they they got out of their game, and then you could see panic. The panic in the way they yeah. played the game of trying to get it fell early, and, when, and they panicked. And the point I was getting at, yeah, when you start falling down early, you just start chunking up threes. You know, yeah, and that's it seemed like that's what they were trying to do. It's like let's just make you know, we can make a couple of threes to get back in this game. Uh, and the problem is when you miss a couple and then Penn State yeah. goes back down and scores, it one. just gets yeah. even worse. And that's exactly uh, and that's part of a coach in the SEC championship game against Alabama. You know, and it yeah. did the same way. They they just couldn't match every you know, three for three with these guys. And they got away from the game that really was successful for them this year. You know, they they tried to be something that they weren't. And nothing against Penn State. Penn State had a good run in the Big Ten Absolutely. Uh, tournament. 
but man, I thought I thought Bannon was was gonna make a big run. Um, I had them losing in the second round only because they were gonna play Texas, but I I feel like I mean making that run in the SEC tournament. Um, it, to, to they didn't get blown out by Alabama. They played Alabama pretty well. Yeah. Uh, I think it was a double digit loss, but they played Alabama well. I thought they could or the team that might be able to make a run in yeah. the tournament. Uh, especially given as Texas is kind of hit and miss. I mean, they've done a great, great job with their interim head coach. Uh, I have them. I was thinking they're either going to lose in the first round or they're going to make the final four. So uh, I think until they got to Houston, that A&M could possibly uh, make a run. Another one that was late, we thought was going to be another upset, uh, Drake in Miami. Drake, had a good lead on Miami most of the game. The Miami comes back and finishes in the end, a very close game. You know, this uh, is I know one this is one you were teams. watching sitting in a bar last yeah. night. Yeah, and, and I actually had uh, I had Drake pulling this one out in my in my bracket. You know, this is one of the up, few upsets that I could see happening. Um, man, and they almost pulled that one off. And we say upset because of, of their seeding. I know a lot of people that don't follow. Uh, college basketball, they see a team like Drake and see uh, a brand like Miami, although Miami's mostly, you know, famous for football more than anything, but they have a, a good basketball team. So yeah. you just see Drake in Miami and think that's this huge upset that Drake had no chance to be in the game, but Drake's a good team. Yeah, they were 20, they, they were 27 and 7 this year. Versus the Miami team that was, you know, they, I think they were had 25 wins, 25 and 17. Which so, is great playing in the uh, ACC. Yeah. Um, and not the final game, but the final uh, thriller of the night was uh, TCU over Arizona State. Um, TCU was down eight points with just a little over four minutes to go. And this is where I was talking about the madness, how this game sort of ended. Uh, you, you, you hear that eight minutes with four minutes to go and think they just made this incredible comeback. And it was. Yeah. But it only took them about a minute or two to get, get back into the game. I think it was tied with about two minutes to go, or it was a one-point game. But down the stretch, both teams were missing free throws. I know TCU was down by four at one point, and they missed two free throws. And I thought, well, that that was their opportunity. That's... You know, that, yeah. that's a momentum shift. Uh, a lot of turnovers. There was a couple offensive fouls. Uh, I guess say questionable, but they were, even the announcers kind of iffy, but it was on both sides, which you'd, ra- you'd rather see than, than see like a, like uh, an egregious call or no call late in the game on one side. Uh, luckily, there were a few questionable calls and reviews uh, throughout the first couple of days. And luckily you didn't see a whole lot of chatter on social media about it. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, they beat Arizona state. Uh, it was a tie game and it was, it was, it was great. Arizona tied the game with about 15 seconds to go. And so you saw well, either way, we either get a great finish or we're going to get a great finish either way, a buzzer beater to win the game or overtime. And then uh, Jacoby Coles, yeah. the TCU went, made a shot with about one second left, uh, caused a half-court shot attempt to win the game. And um, 
of course that didn't go through so TCU won which which was good I I see winning but I thought state might might be the better team I don't know I know TCU had a much harder they were the higher seed they had a much harder conference uh, to play yeah. outside of UCLA uh, and Arizona their USC is pretty good too there's not a lot of teams in the pack 12 but the big 12 is is just littered with you know Texas Kansas Kansas State Baylor uh, Iowa State. Uh, so TCU had more of a gauntlet to go through, and I don't know. It just it just seemed like to me Arizona was probably the better team, um, although they were the lower seed. But TCU pulls out the win. Yeah, and I, I had TCU pulling that one out anyways. Um, but I think you're right. I mean that. I think that game of all that we've seen gave us everything we wanted. You know, we wanted to see a nice tight matchup. Uh, we wanted to see these teams go back and forth. Um, I think that game moved up to the hype. So, man, talking about this, it feels like we're going into the Final Four or something with all these different storylines we talked about, but that's just the first round. It's yeah. Saturday morning. We still have today and tomorrow the second round to to see who's going to the Sweet 16. And uh, now I know you said your Final Four is still intact, as is mine. It is. I know you can't, you can't make any changes to your bracket, but do you want to make any predictions? Do you want to say, hey, I think this team is going to make it to the Final Four, even if it screwed, completely screws up the rest of your bracket? Man, or teams that you just say, hey, I want Fairleigh Dickinson to make it or something like that. I, I, I would like to. I'd like to see FDU make a big run here. Man, they're, like I, I said, they're one of those teams that they're, they're a true Cinderella team. Like I don't feel yeah, like Princeton. I could feel the hype fizzle out. I could see that that yeah. fizzle out the next round, and they just, you know, they, if they, they you don't know, lose by thirty, I think you know th- that game will be a test. If they pull out that win, I think they could be a true contender. You know, I think they will prove that they can bounce back and continue to fight and give it their all. You just hope that they didn't go through so much hype last night of pulling off that upset win. That they lose their yeah. focus on the next the next game, you know, the next opponent. Well, they play I guess they play Florida Atlantic. So you would think they'd be able to stay into that game. And then of course they have Duke after that. Yeah. I mean, once you start getting to sweet sixteen, lead eight, you're yeah, you're probably you're playing a powerhouse. Absolutely. I mean, if they were to get past that and then, you know, I, I have Duke picked to over Tennessee. Uh if they were to match up against Duke and get past Duke. Uh, I mean, you still got, you know, a pretty, you know, the Kentuckys, the, what do you got, Kentucky, Kansas State, Marquette, you know. Yeah, so with Kentucky, you have that experience in the tournament. Yeah. Um, Calipari knows how to keep his his players grounded. They're not going to, I mean, they're not a one or two seed this year. But like you said, that's, that's what the true matchup's going to be is the coaching. You know, you mentioned earlier that the coaching means everything yeah. in college basketball. Yeah, with these teams like Fairleigh Dickinson, uh, mm-hmm. even Florida Atlantic, Princeton, they, they're in uncharted territory per se. I mean, I know Princeton's made it here before, but uh, they don't, the players, the coaches don't have the experience. Uh, it's easy to go in and have fun in the first round and pull off an upset. But now in the second round, especially since you're on the radar now, yeah. teams are, are really bearing down. I mean, uh, 
that's why upsets are so prevalent. Uh, are a lot of teams, the ones, twos, three, four seeds, are kind of looking forward to an extent. Maybe they won't say it, but they're like the players at least. We're supposed to win this game. We're going to win this game. Uh, it's a disappointment if we don't get to the Elite Eight Final Four, whatever uh, your expectations are for your team, that uh, you don't think about that. And then once you know it's halftime and you're up by one or down by one or whatever, it's different than the NBA. These kids start to yeah. panic. It's like getting punched in the mouth. Everybody has a plan until they get punched in the mouth. Yeah. And and like I said, it's the coach's job to do to to ground them. But on the other side, the other team is saying, hey, we weren't supposed to do this. We weren't supposed to win. We're in this. They're excited. Uh, and it's some, you know, sometimes you have to be grounded for that too. Yeah. Uh, and and now that, and I don't want to say, I don't want to take anything away from these teams, but Duke, uh, for example, Duke jumping into the second round, they're just focused. They win when their expectations are championship. Fairly Dickinson, the kids, the players, saying, "Hey, this is fun. We have we have nothing to lose, which can be good, but yeah. it can also be bad." Where it's like, "Hey, you know, we lose, we had fun, you know." And then that's a good mindset to have after the fact, but not not before the game. Yeah, you're right. And a team a team I want to see uh, move on pretty deep in this tournament is Pitt. Uh, like we said, they they were in the play in game. Uh, a playing game just to make it to the first round and just the way they handled Iowa State. I think they have a chance. Uh, again, I don't have the bracket in front of me. I don't know how easy or difficult their schedule is going to be, but I, I see them that they could make an Elite Eight run, even though it would probably screw up my bracket. Yeah, I think they could. Um, I mean, they, they would have to get through – where are we at here? Through Texas – yeah. Um, was it Xavier was over Kenshaw State? Xavier, uh, yeah, Xavier, Xavier. And then that's when, if they were to make it to the Elite Eight, it would be Houston. Yeah, so they're Houston goes. Yeah, match up against Xavier. Xavier, uh, Texas, possibly yeah. Penn State, Houston. Yeah, that's, that's, that's going to be difficult for them. But yeah, now they have momentum. They've won two games. Yeah. And they've beat uh, a great – I mean, Iowa State's a good team. They played in the Big 12. Uh, that's that's nothing to lack over just because Iowa State didn't look good in that matchup. Uh, yeah. I think it was more that than Pitt playing well, but – you know, no, I agree. Yeah, I had Iowa State picked, picked in, that, in that game. Yeah. Uh, all right. Yeah. There you have it. Uh, I think we did a good job of getting you ready for your – your Saturday slate of sports, your weekend slate of sports talking college yeah. basketball. The only thing that sucks about the second round is there's half as many games as the first round. Yeah. And going forward, I mean, you have how many 16 games Thursday, 16 games Friday. Now you're down to eight and then it's just going to get less and less. Hopefully we have some good matchups. We do have some time left. I know uh, this has probably been a favorite favorite segment for some of our listeners i'm going to jump to tony now to talk about the thread yeah and the thread this week uh yeah because i'm here in galveston uh just less than an hour south of houston uh let's look at the uh, houston astros uh, with that we open the season with 
this year in the first two games of the season, they're going to wear these gold, um, ex-gold alternates. These will be their championship golds. Um, if you got that. They're winning the, the World Series. Hate it or not, the Houston won the World Series. Yeah. And then you, you have these golds. You see the, the gold logos, gold lettering, numbering. Um, they're actually going to wear those in the first two games of the season. And they will they will be they'll unveil the 2023 World Series banner uh, on opening day, and then the players and coaches will receive their rings before the second game of the season. Um, and then the Astros will actually be doing a giveaway with replica rings on Wednesday games this season, which they have a few of them. And those replica rings, it's, it's kind of cool. They have, I don't, I don't have any images of those yet, but they will be, uh, they'll have like players' names that have Bregman on them, uh, stuff like that, you know, would look like a, the, what the player ring would look like. So it's kind of cool. But who are they playing? Who are they playing in their first series? Uh, you know what? I should have pulled that up. I didn't. I assume it's, it's, uh, who did they play the Yankees in the ALCS last year? I want to say. I don't have that off the top of my head. I don't know. I assume it's whoever they play in the ALCS. That's typically what they do. Um, I don't know. They have every every uh, series is is a American national team. There's at least one, so it could be it could be a national team matchup or a World Series rematch. Uh, looks like they start the season. And these are the uniforms we have pictures of because this is what they wore the last time after they won the World Series. Uh, even though they cheated to get to that. I feel like I had to throw that in there for the Astros haters that are listening. Um, is this what the uniforms are going to look like this year? I know they haven't unveiled uh, them, but from what these people are, are saying. Like. Yeah, this is what, what we think they're going to look like. They'll do something. Yeah, I'm, very I'm not an Astros fan. Not the least cold. bit, but that's what, but that's what I was wanting. I'm not an Astros fan the least bit, and I know they're not playing the Rangers. But that's my team. I know they're not playing the Rangers uh, in their first series, but I think they should just come out in all gold hat, pants, jersey, just you know, big middle finger to everyone saying we won without cheating this time. Yeah, so they're at least that's that's what we, it may come out that they cheated again. Who knows? Yeah, they're they're opening up their season uh, series with the uh, Chicago White Sox. Okay, weak matchup, but okay, I get it. Yeah, I think maybe they did that on purpose. They, they play the, the new format schedule now in the in the MLB is every team plays everybody. Yeah, and it's broken down, sort of like. Uh, sort of like the NBA where you play all the teams in your division the same amount, you play uh, all the other teams the same amount, and then you play every single um, interleague team at least yeah. one series. I have it yeah. broken down now, whether you like it or not. Uh, I think it kind of cheapens interleague play. I liked it when they just did I mean, I know they can't do it now because they have even amount of teams, so there's always – uh, there's 15 teams in each league, so there's always a series, like I said, with interleague, with interleague play. But I liked it when they had like the 
they only did it for a couple of weeks. Yeah. Like you had your rivalry and you did two or three interleague series. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But it is what it is. That's what you have to, maybe when they expand to a couple more teams and maybe have 16 teams in each league, maybe you can go back to that. But yeah, I like it. I think it's something great about baseball where uh, I'm not going to bitch about the designate here. We've already bitched about the pitch clock and all the changes, but that's something we can, uh, we can go back to is, really keeping leagues separate as opposed to like NBA and NFL. It's like, yeah, we just do it for playoff purposes. This keep them separated because you still have the AL and LMVP and the awards. Yeah. Uh, It'd be nice. Well, you can check those uniforms out starting your series um, opening day, March 30th. So that's a Thursday. Are we going to go? Are we going to go to that opening day? Try to get those rings. Again, I'm not I'm not an Astros fan, but I wouldn't mind having one of those replica rings. Yeah. <clears throat> Guys, thank you for listening to this episode of the leadoff. Heard every every Saturday morning. Make sure you tune in. Um, again, that's 7 a.m. Central Time every Saturday morning. Um, until next time, I'm Ashton. I'm Tony. Tony. Have a good Saturday. <laughs>